Father, I ask for now in the name of Jesus, will you, Father, let your Holy Spirit, please, Holy Spirit, open our eyes as the psalmist prayed. Open our eyes that each one of us here may be able to see the wonders of the Word and of your Word in your Word, through your Word, for all your glory. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit was more over our minds as Jesus did in Luke 24 when he opened the minds of his disciples when he sent the scriptures. Father, of all things, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus is here with us that the Holy Spirit may open our hearts so that each one of us here may be able to believe your word, to trust your word, to accept your word, to treasure your word, as the psalmist says in our hearts, so that we may joyfully and immediately obey it. And as a consequence of obedience, we may be able to experience the reality of your word, the reality of your presence and of your power in your work in us, so that we may also joyfully and immediately be able to share it with those who are already yours for their education and with those who do not know you across the street and around the world, those who are still lost, we may be able to share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation. And all these things for your glory of God and our joy and for the joy of all those that we have called from every time, every time, and nation. Father, help me not to waste the time of your people here tonight, nor this place. And I ask today in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ who is here with us. In his name we pray and praise you. Amen. Now, you have the text before you. Before I say anything about this text, I'm going to very quickly give you four definitions. And I'd like to do that because I know that uh, when you hear the word mission, or when you hear the word missionary, or when you hear the word express the phrase missionary work, or mission field, each one of you, each one of us, have a picture. Each one of us has a picture in our minds. But, I don't want you to leave tonight um, assuming what I believe about it. Therefore, very quickly, I'm going to give you a broad definition. In other words, if any time I use the word mission, or the word missionary, or the word mission, or that phrase missionary work, or mission field, I would like you to keep in mind what I'm going to tell you. You may not agree with me, and that's alright. You know, I'm already right going to be 61 years old, and I'll do my best to tell you wrong, <laughs> prove you wrong. But anyway, that's what you know. Even if you don't agree with me, at least you know how I use those words. First of all, if I ever use the word vision, I'd like you to think it is a better word. And a more biblical word. And the word is this work. Jesus consistently used that word in the Gospel of John. Every time he's doing something, he's reaching out to the lost, he says, I'm doing the work of the word of my father. He's talking to the Samaritan woman, reaching out to her, the disciples come and she says, My food consists in doing the will of the Father to preach his work. That's a good word. And he says in John 9, the 8 and 9, he says, My God is working to now, and I'm working to do. And he told me that of reaching out to people, to the blind man, and to save him. Therefore, if I ever use the word mission, I can keep in mind I'm talking about the will and the work of God the Father, reconciling the lost people with himself through Jesus Christ by the convicting and convincing power of the Holy Spirit and all for their glory. Paul says, 
raised our mind mission field. And I like you to keep in mind that. And in my mind, we should do this everywhere. Where you have lost people. Have said that, let us look for attacks. And let us look to this particular passage. And that is at the 4, verse 12 to 17. What time do we have to leave, my brother? Reason. 
born almost 61 years ago. And the place in Austin first year, by the way, I really from down south. And the region where, where I come from is called Pomendras in the Radnack region. I was so, so, so at home in this city. <laughs> I really come from down south, and the people there, as you call that region, the Radnack region. But the Bible says that I was born there at that day, at that month, at that year, at that place, determined by God. So you! You're not born in America because you decided to be born in America. The Bible says that everything has been predetermined by God Himself. <laughs> Including your name is a matter of the heart. The name is good. The name is not by you by chance. Nobody says. And the boundaries of their dwellings. What for? Are we born in the world? What for are your neighbors there? You know, people need to live, to study, to look for the American dream that can become a nightmare. What for God brings us in this world? This is what verse 37 says. So that they seek, they should seek the Lord. There is this God who determines the heart of every single man. We are born, we are born to seek Him. But we are born, everyone, separated from God. And people are seeking something to satisfy their lives, including our neighbors. And the Bible says this, we don't want to be satisfied. This is the verse 27. That they might go for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move, right? Move and have our being. And also, some of your own poets said, For we are also his offspring. Now, let me call your attention to that because many times we have forget. For God's land. And my point is this yes, I was not born in order to find what God is to do by chance. I'm not here tonight by chance. God is guiding all our geography. And my point today is this let us not waste our geography. I hope and pray that when you leave this place here, whatever you are going, you're going home, you're going left, tomorrow morning, whatever you're going, Monday morning, whatever you're going, and tell my students that pray that whatever you're going, you're going as a sick one. My geography makes sense. When I'm going to the bank, I'm not just going to the bank. I'm sent to the bank. That's a new way to live your life. I was driving here today. Okay, just for driving here today. Holy to God, you are sending me there. When I go to Shanghai, I want to teach. By the way, don't teach in Shanghai, preach there. They're never so good. And then I tell my students, I didn't just come here, but they said, come here to class today. I pray, you know, Jesus Christ did that, and the Father sent me. And the Father sent me, and the Father sent me, and he took to Job 7, he says, And the Father sent me, I sent you also, all of you. Because when I have a point, I'm going as a sent one. And I hope and pray that when you go on Monday, whenever you're going to your place of work, to your school, whatever you're going, I hope and pray that the Lord help you to go to place as a sent one. Let me tell you what you're going to face. Last, what was last uh, December? I could tell you something that happened to me, but I could tell you something that happened to me. It was in Cape Town, South Africa, um, for the Little Seven Free Conference. 4,500 people from all over the world, living in Cape Town for 10 days, to design to think about world visualization. 4,500 people. And I was there. Joseph Michael said, any other people were there. Bishop, you know, the first day I was there, the United States, 4,500 people, they contracted a company in Cape Town to put up a 
for dinner. And that night I was there, in every part of that convention center was a group of people who had not made there. And I just stay there, you know, just watching what's happening. We are here for a thousand, five people to think about what I was say. So I just wondering, what are these people going to do with those working here tonight? They are not part of the conference. These are people who came down, who came, that was working for that company, came to bring that food. I was wondering, what are they going to do with these people? Are they going to talk about Jesus with them? I just wondering here. Just stay there. Because they put the house back. There are forces people just stay there. You know, they'll just see. They'll just be missed. Go there and put some more. And I realized that some people come to talk with these guys. They with these girls. They're not part of the conference. Like, and then I just observed, what are you going to talk with these people? You know what I'm saying? They need more potatoes. Oh, okay, thank you, sir. They need more salad. And I didn't want to. No one's going to talk to these people. These people that put there, they say, what? And you know what I'm going to talk to these people. Okay, I'm going to pray for them because I'm going to say, I'm going to pray for them. People get out. So that there's a question. Do you, do you go to any church in Cape Town? Someone said, no, I don't. So you don't have any Bible. No, I always give us some literature. And so let me tell you, I'm going to give you this literature. Let me tell you what I'm going to give it to you. Because I don't want to waste my job. I took a tax staff and all the hotel we could follow up on the place and listen to it. I every time I put it to in the hotel, I always got the same tax cab and I talked to these guys, I knew the family now who was home and money that business, and I knew they were attending the church, Christian folk church, we were Dutch, we were people. And one day when I need to go to the conference, they were not there, but they asked one of their employees to take me to the tax. And the guy came and got into the tax cab. And then as soon as I got into the tax cab, my brother was on the board, helping out to waste my geography. I don't want these hacks by chance. And uh, these men by my side. And then I said, Sir, what's your name? Not he asked my name. I said, well, where are you from? I said, I'm from Cape Town, so that was the background. And I said, uh, how long have you been living in Cape Town? I said, I have lived my whole life. My grandfather, my father, I said, they all live here. And then I said, let me ask you a question. Do you go to any church in Cape Town? I said, no, sir, I don't go to any church. I said, what's your name? He said, Ishmael. Oh, Ishmael, I thought. He probably said, must no. By the way, Ishmael is a beautiful name. If you have anybody with Ishmael, it's a beautiful name. You can find that in the Bible. But then we put, we never put Ishmael with Isaac or a kiss. But then I said, Ishmael, where do you go then? I said, I don't go to any church, sir, because I'm a Muslim. That's nice. And I said, Ishmael, you're a Muslim? I said, yes, sir. I said, then you read the Al-Quran. You have, have you read the whole Quran already? And he said, no, sir. And I just looked at him a little bit and said, what kind of are you? Israel, you're not reading a book, a holy book. I said, listen, Israel, I'm a Christian. And you know that I love the Bible. And I read my Bible because I want to know more about my Jesus. And by the way, I read also the Bible because I want to know what you believe about this Jesus. And then we get to talk. I get to share my faith with him and others. Uh, about Jesus, when I believe about Jesus, when you pray on Holy Spirit, do something in the life of this man. Anyway, we got to the place, you left me because I had to go to the meeting. But before I left, I said, Ishmael, let me ask you a question. How long have you been? By the way, he was married, and I said, Ishmael, how long have you been? How long have you been? Working here as a tax driver in Cape Town. And by the way, do you have those 10 days? was bringing people every single day to that same meeting that I was born. And he told me how many years it was working with the tax, the tax driver. Then I had a question. This one, how many of the passengers that ever took your tax cab? He started a conversation with you about things like that. Like, geez, like, regeneration. You know what he told me? None, sir. He said, Ishmael, are you telling me that I'm the first guy that you initiated to talk to me about this? Yes, sir. 
Think about it. What for are you in the place where you are? What for did God put you in the school or in the job that you are at so that you may do your best for Him because you are not serving really. You are not really serving your immediate human company or human cross. The Bible said that whatever you do for His glory, when you eat, when you drink, when you do, it's all for the glory of God. Work for the glory of God, but just for your boss. And as you, as you work for the Lord in the city of opportunity that the Lord gives you every single day, I hope and pray that when you look around the place where you are, and you're going to see that there will be people in darkness. What for did Jesus put you there? Yes, so that you may be a great person for that company. And the light to those in that company, in that place, in that neighborhood, who are there, who are in darkness, that's a poor Jesus went to that little place. Now, my third question is this. Third question is, what did Jesus go about doing in this place. But before I go there, by the way, when you read this, it says, it is a reference that you find in Isaiah. Is it not? Yes, this prophecy here is found in Isaiah about the work of Jesus, the servant, the servant servant of God. Therefore, the Jew has come to bring light to over darkness and light to over death, separate from the Father. But one day, as I was studying the scriptures, I discovered a textbook of Psalms that explained the size of this universe. What does it mean to be darkness? What does it mean to be in the shadow of death? You have a Bible? Listen, because the same passage appears in Psalm 107. Please open your Bible. They are going to have an explanation of the work of the Messiah in the Psalm. Psalm 107. You're going to be very good. Please open that passage of Scripture. 107. And I'm going to read from verse 8 on. Listen to this. I know that is told in Isaiah. But that same passage appears in Psalm 107, verse 8 on. Listen to this. Oh, that man will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Now he's talking about now how good the Lord is. He's so good that we should come to him, thank him. Think. How does God really praise his goodness so that we can praise him? Listen, verse, and for his wonderful words, preaching of them. What wonderful words are this? Verse 9, Psalm 107, verse 9. For he satisfied the longing soul. What is so longing for? The soul of people, the life of what they're longing for. They fills their hungry soul with goodness. Good, two metaphor here. This lonely soul, hungry soul, for what? What it means to fill their hunger for the soul of someone. Anyone, anywhere. They water, they're so hungry. And what are they so longing for? Why? Listen to my Bible says. By the way, this longing and this hungry is very much already in James chapter 3. But listen to what he says. Verse 10. Look. Psalm 107 10. Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death. That's the description of those who are bound in affliction and irons that they cannot move. They're slaves. Affected by what? And what? And why? Listen. Verse 11, Psalm 107 11. Because they rebelled against the word of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Anyone who rebels against God's word and the counsel of God rebels against God, rebels against salvation, is dead! Is in darkness! 
half-hearted labor, they fell down and almost not smiled. That is the description of Matthew chapter 4 as well. Then, verse 13, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of darkness and settled them and broke their chains in peace. And said this, Oh, that man would be thanked to the Lord for his goodness. Therefore, what Matthew is prescribed to us here is the work of the Messiah, the goodness of Christ, bringing salvation to those in darkness, separated from him, lost. The shell of death. I tell all these dead people, you know, no Jesus, no life worthy of living. Anyone who does not have Jesus is lost. And is looking for something to fulfill whatever they want. But only Jesus can satisfy. Now that's my second point. What for? So that his people could be saved. Those who are darkness to see the light, those who are dead go see the light. And Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And he, I actually know, I rest the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on! Look, the one who comes to fulfill all the prophecies. The one who came and said, go and make disciples to the land. Everybody's divided that Jesus never told us to do anything that he himself ever done. He took the mission to share the gospel, not to share himself, but only that is with Jesus. I am with Jesus. Jesus coming with himself, not to me. I'm the light. I'm made Jesus. He was also a preacher, not coming to my third point. How? How did Jesus go about doing this? In other words, how did he come? Bringing light to those who are in darkness and light to those who are in the original shadow of death. Separate from God. How did he do that? And then you have verse 17. Now come with me with verse 17. Listen how man tells you. From that time, from that time, by the way, you're going to be invited to Lord Jesus Christ only. That Jesus never waited. He jumped me. Jesus never waited. Wasted his time. Never wasted his time. And that is thing I pray every single Lord, help me not wasted my geography and help me not wasted my time. You know, some of you go to restaurants. They go to restaurants to do what? Eat? Yes, but have your eyes and people around you. Waiters are there around you. Don't waste your geography that day. I could tell you a lot of stories just talk with people in the restaurant. By the way, I don't take all that time. But I was in Alabama somewhere. In the business conference, and the elder of the church said, Dr. Dave, I'd like to take you on the line to a, we have a very surprise for you. It's really, it's very nice and just for real. For real, for real. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. And I said, that's why I want to talk to you, because I said, passing down, so let's go. And I told him, I pray you pay. Let's go. <laughs> Get there. She was packed, packed. I sat down with my wife and his wife. And this beautiful lady was serving us, and after we asked her everything we she brought it. And then she said, is everything okay? And I looked at her. And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, yes, sir. Then so what's her name? And she told her name. And I said, I'm going to ask you a question that some Americans will not ask you. But I'm going to ask, how old are you? And she told her, 21, 21, 21. My oldest boy is 36, my youngest one, daughter is 29. And I look at her at that time and I said, you know, we have the age to be my daughter. Then I just said that I didn't want to take her time to work with her. I said, listen, I am a pastor. And you know, before we eat, we're going to pray. And then I asked her, is there anything you'd like me to pray for you? 
than to put you under his kingdom, under his rule. Repent! Believe me. Very simple. But very difficult. Brothers and sisters, we're going to discuss this during this weekend. Remember that the very huge, unbelievable, majestic issues here. And each one of us here this night, tonight, who already know the Lord Jesus Christ, who are in darkness, but now we are in the light, who are in the kingdom of darkness, but now we are in the kingdom of light, who are in the child of the devil, but now we are in the child of Christ, who are lost, but now we are found. Those of us have experienced the joy of His salvation. Of reconciling him with his father so that we can communicate with his father through Jesus Christ. And have experienced the joy and the goodness and the love and the good of the Spirit. You have that not to keep it to yourself. And I'm going to finish reading to you what Paul said. Open your Bible to Romans chapter 1. And I'm going to finish now. Romans chapter 1. And I hope that we leave this place here, believe with that, wherever I am, I don't want to waste my geography anymore. God is going to be around me in my place of work. When I go to anywhere, even when we go to the back, you know, go to the back, please. When I go to the back, I, go, I try to go to one back all the time, all the ages, just because I'm doing what everybody does. And every time we go to the cashier, not sometimes I'm not busy, and they say something like that. Good morning, but they're not looking at you. They just take what? Do they look at me? And I say, good morning. They say something like that. What's your name? Hey, they just turn to me. No busy. They turn to me and say, oh, what's your name? And they told me their name. You know, I'm very, I always ask the question like this, very simple, and they say, how was your weekend? Because I'm going to go Monday. How was good? So did you go to church? What the problem? Sometimes I say, I don't go to church. I say, why not? You know, just a little bit. I pray because I know when someone comes to the sacred of Christ, God has already used so many other, so many other links in a chain of link. Someone is trying something. It is amazing. The opportunity that the Lord opened to you every single day. And by the way, when you talk to people like that, you can discover brothers and sisters well. I have one of those scholars in my event that I go to the region back there in Clinton that attends uh, Morrison High Baptist Church. It's coming there because when I met I thought, hey, what did you do this weekend? He said, well, do you have a good weekend? I said, yes. Do you go to church? Yes. I said, what church? I said, Morrison High. And that's a good friend of mine. Now, some people, my students, they said, you know, uh, people don't really, people are not mean to you because of your accent. And they give a break. So, you see, they like their accent, that's why they respond to you. They said, the problem. Change your accent! <laughs> Do anything! Change your accent, yeah. And no, we just talk to people. People want to talk with us. We are the ones who call it. Shut up! We think people don't want to talk about these things. People don't want to tell you what's going on. We are the ones who don't talk about them. And that's our responsibility in our job to take the initiative. That's what Jesus did. In the end, to speak, to preach, to say, to thanks. These are huge things. But I know they're going to finish with these words from Romans chapter 1. So then, Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to be together so that we can end tonight. And I hope that we will leave here. Don't waste your children. Even when you're here, I hope that your mind is not somewhere else. And when the Father prays to preach, your heresy is preaching, whatever is preaching here, that your mind does not go out. Don't waste your children here. They can pray. You know, the mission of going around and saying, hey, just pray, Lord, help me, help me. Don't think about their attacks. Don't let your job go and drive together with other people. 
about Jesus as the gospel of God. That's, that's the expression of chapter 1 1. He says, separating the gospel of God, which he promised before through his promise, through saying his son Jesus is the gospel of God. He did this of God. And then he comes to this point in verse 14. Listen to this. And I'm going to just highlight these three things, and I hope that you will say like the gospel of God. He said this. Because now he's saved, because now God called him, and he has experienced eternal life and the grace of God, and is growing in his relationship with God through Jesus Christ by the dwelling power of the Spirit of God, he says this. When you get saved, when Jesus saved you by his grace, and you're growing in your interest with them, through Jesus Christ, by the dwelling of the Holy Spirit, and the enablement of the Holy Spirit. It's not just for you. Everything that he gave the Spirit of the blessings of this God of God makes me a better to those who do not know him. That's what Paul says. Listen, verse 14. Romans 1, 14, I'm going to finish now. I am a better, both to Greeks and barbarians, both wise and to unwise. Leave this place today. You are a better. You have been saved. You have experienced the joy of your salvation, the relationship with God, with Jesus Christ, the dwell of His Spirit, the setting of your forgiveness, and the certain that when you sin, you just confess your sin, He's able to forgive you. You experience that, the Bible says, now you become a better to those who are around your geography. Those who do not know that, keep in mind that you are dead, dead to them because you know what they don't know. Secondly, verse 15. So, this is the oh Lord, I know God is here. Thank you, God. I know Jesus is here and the Holy Spirit is here. But I hope and pray that we see like the Apostle So, as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel. I hope and pray to preach as the Lord has a death for all, all these people. I know the grace that I have experienced. I know the joy of my salvation. I'm back! And as much as me, I'm ready to preach, to share, to tell people, to speak the good news. You know what? You know what? Listen to verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. You know the God's gospel? If you realize you are in debt to those who are geographically around you and geographically away from you, not part of the world, if you realize that and you know the joy of the salvation of Christ, because the Lord you know as much as it is in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel. I'm ready to tell these people about Jesus. Please help me. Keep me out. You know why? Because this gospel is the power, not of you, not your power, that the power of God to salvation for everyone. The power that that word means anyone, anywhere, anytime. That's the power of God for salvation to everyone. Don't waste your geography. By the way, let me tell you, Jesus never told us to convert anybody. That's the job description of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who comes to convict and to convict everyone of their sins and of the righteousness of God. He's the one. But this comes, Jesus and God decided to be the need. The need has to be, you open your mouth and you tell people of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because faith will come by. Healing. And as the Lord will see, one of the things that Jesus taught his disciples is this. What do you have to do just to throw the net? You bring the fish. 
Let's make God the disciple. You know, before I got all the way to the rest of the man, it wasn't it. Those guys are being spent all night first. Nothing. So I just come and say, throw the damn girls on the boat. What? We spent all night, huh? Nothing. He said, throw the hand on the other side. Okay, Jesus, sister said, only one word, we're going to do it. Boom! The first job. And Jesus said, for that one, we're going to be a piece of pain. In other words, you don't need to bring the fish! You just throw the hand. I don't need to do it. You throw the hand to what? Tell the people, share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you're not, I, I hope that the Lord will bring you this assurance. We are in debt to those across the street and all the world. And as much as it be, I want to tell them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I this is the power of God for the salvation of everyone, anywhere, anytime, who believes. And for them to believe, they have to be. Father, help us to leave this place different. Father, if I have said anything here tonight that is not according to your will, I ask you, please, Father, Remove it from their hearts and their minds. But anything said here tonight, encourage your people, according to your will, according to your word, please, Father, follow us through your Holy Spirit, so that we surrender ourselves and say, Lord, please have me. We are that. We have saved. Help us to say, as mighty as it be, I am, I am, I will share the gospel. 